This is the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another edition of Ali La Rouge with regular guests Steve Morrow Monaghan, Keith Colvin, and I'm delighted to say we have raconteur Johnny Owen, actor, broadcaster, writer. Nottingham Forest director, is that is that right, Johnny? Yeah, 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 I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and also you've got a new show on TalkSport every Sunday morning, Johnny Owen and Friends. Uh, you've just got a new film out, which we'll talk out uh, about a bit later, about um, the Three Kings, basically Bill Shankly, Jock Steen and Matt Busby, which I've seen and highly recommend it. Absolutely brilliant film. We'll talk about that later, but first of all, the first podcast we've had since the Man City game. And I'd just like to say about the match, what a magnificent game of association football. Keith? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a joy to see, wasn't it? You know, it was a pity we couldn't get the win. But obviously, the way it started off, I don't think it was ever going to last at that pace and, and the excitement that that you know, last in the first 10, 15 minutes. But it was, you know, it was the two best teams in the country obviously having a goal with each other, which is what you want to see. And, it, you know, I think City in the past have been a bit wary of Liverpool, um, certainly at Anfield anyway. And even at City, the Super, you know, they've sort of come up not to get beat by us, you know. In a couple of games we've had in the past with them, we've sort of, well, last one, the, get, the season was finished. Obviously, we'd won the league. And then the year before last, I think it was, Mane got sent off. So the game was over before it got started. But it was just a great game to watch the two best teams. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we just couldn't see it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, the tactics of Liverpool, which you'll probably talk about in a minute, sort of obviously caught them by surprise a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but it was a great game. Yeah, yeah. Mono, one of the best you've seen for the first half? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, the two best teams in the country by a mile. You know, uh, forget the, uh, the Villa game, like, but I, I just thought uh, the, way we, the way we started, you know, we could have went 2 nil up in the first minute. You know, yeah. if, if Firmino lobs the keeper, you know, Manny has a shot. I thought the, the attacking sense of us was... Uh, was absolutely spot on on that first half hour anyway. But it was a game of two halves. City, yeah. we always knew they were going to come back at us. You know, yeah. even they did near at the end of the first half, but at the second half, as I say, it was. A, I thought it was a great game. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. But you know, it's how brave was Klopp to go. You know, the four, the four attackers, and then yeah. especially the way City are in that midfield. And, and but when Alden Edison really, really held, held it well there. Thought when Alden was brilliant, and, and Edison on the day, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Johnny, were you able to watch the match? Where did you watch it? I watched it in the house as a, as a neutral and uh, just echoing what the boys said. And you said, really, really enjoyed it. Fantastic game of football. The two best teams in the country going at each other, hammer and tong. It reminded me of that great um, Hearns Hagler fight. You know, where they go swinging at each other for the first round <laughs> like madmen. Um, and like you said, you know, Liverpool to play 4 2 4, basically. And in some yeah. ways, 2 2 2 6, the way the, the yeah. fullbacks bomb on. <laughs> yeah. Extraordinary, really. Uh, what a decision that was to, to made by, by Klopp. And the way City come back, a, a terrific advert for football. Two teams at the top of the game going at each other. It was, it was, it was terrific. Couldn't have kept the pace up, as the boy you said, as the way it started. A fair result at the end, and I think Liverpool would probably be the, the, the most pleased the two teams really with that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, you know it surprised everyone the lineup, didn't it? As you say, it was four-two-four, which is you know it's not really it's it's always four-three-three, isn't it? Now in the in, in the top teams, but. I think that really took City by surprise. They didn't know what to do for the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think, um, obviously, Prep was 
probably what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And eventually they did he did they did work it out. And I think putting two men on Ronaldo all the time, he was getting caught a bit late in the first half. I think that's probably what what Pep decided to do. But we could have been two or three in the up within the first ten, couldn't we? You know? I, I think I think once City seen that the team sheet at Liverpool, he must obviously he must have set the manager wondering. And you know, I, I'd like to have seen what would the team would have been if if uh, Thiago would have been fit. Because yeah. myself personally, I don't think he would have played that team. And I think he'd have played Thiago. Because the one thing, obviously, we all thought before, that once you've seen it, that we were going to get a bit overrun in midfields because that's the way he sets himself up. And in pouring out that, you know, obviously the, the front four, and any one of them four, I'm quite happy and quite capable, which he did through the game, of dropping back into midfield and out for out. But that's not the strength. The strength is going forward, obviously. And... As much as it was a great game and it was very brave tactics, I, I'm a firm believer. I'm not, I'm not saying he shoehorned them in, just shoehorned them in, but obviously because uh, Jota has been brilliant since he got to the club. Yeah. But I always have the opinion that Firmino was going to start all the talk before and was, you know, he's, he's not this, he's not that. He's still a brilliant player for us. And he proved that in that game for me. I know he, he took him off, which I didn't really agree with, to be totally honest with you, but he took him off. Um, but I think if Thiago had been fit, I think he possibly would have put him in and I still think he would have started with Firmino and it might have been a bit of a different game than obviously the way it sort of panned out and I think we would have had more control of it in the second half and we might have gone on to win it then but that's just nitpicking that because it was a great game to watch Yeah, I agree with that Thiago definitely would have, would have got a start if, uh, if it as in every game but it was interesting even when he brought the sub on the second half he brought Shikiri on and still went yeah. you know, then, and then so the front, the, the front four we're always dropping back into the midfield, you know, like they did right throughout the first half when we were successful with it, whether it was Manny, either Firmino, or, you know, or, or even Jose playing like the midfield defensive role till, till we started attacking again. And yeah. as you say there, Johnny, sometimes we, we, had, we had six in attack, or, you know. Yeah. So for the neutral, it must have been great to watch that because yeah. it definitely was for us. I though. mean, I mean, Manny in the first half was, he was almost unplayable, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Johnny, when you, when you see. A player like that, you know, how, how do you stop a player like that? I mean, obviously, uh, Walker tried something. I mean, what do you think of Keane's comments at half time? He's playing the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's kind of like, uh, he's become that pundit now, Keane, isn't he, when he says those kind of things. It's incredibly entertaining. There's no two ways about that. You, you're waiting to see what he says. But again, I echo in what the lad said and you said as well. And to use another boxing analogy, Liverpool were looking to score two or three goals really quickly, which I thought was a, an incredible way to, to uh, approach a football match. Terrific. Yeah. You know what I mean? To sort of try and get those... Because they did tire a little bit in the second half. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. And City wormed their way back into the game. And, you know, City had a terrific team. But it was just the the intent at the outset, like the lad yeah. said, to really, really try and go out there and score some goals. I read a really interesting article in the uh, Observer on the Sunday about... Uh, the pressing game that they both play, the Spanish and the Germans. And uh, they were kind of saying that uh, the Germans, as we found this week with the with the, the COVID vaccine, they've almost perfected it. And um, mm. Liverpool had a, had, a, had a better rate last season of getting the ball back. I think it's only 11 passes on average the other team does before they get the ball back, which is astonishing. So it's yeah. amazing the way Klopp has, has uh, affected this game where he tries to get the ball back as quickly as possible in mm. order to do in order to do something with it. And that's absolutely what happened the first those first 10, 15 minutes. I mean the pace and the and the way they played, I, I couldn't believe it really. It was it was terrific to watch. Yeah. And to pick up what Johnny's saying, it's 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 where they win the ball back. It's basically like outside the opponents in uh, yeah. that's again yeah. that's the most dangerous part of the pitch, obviously, for the opponents, which is fantastic to see. 
Were you thinking though, Mono, when um, when we missed those chances? Oh no, here we go again. Because we did start like that against City a few years ago, and we were great in the first twenty minutes, and then Mane got sent off, and and we got hammered in the end. Didn't we? Yeah, so, I, I did think that. I was watching the game, Pete, even, you know, through the year when uh, uh, when Salah got fouled by company, you know, and we were on the ascendancy then, you know, attacking, yeah. and, and, you know, we, we should have went on to, to win that game, but, you know, obviously, we, we never, I don't think, but I, I just thought, um, yeah, you know, there's always that slight, for, for me, I always knew City were going to come back at us, because that's the team yeah. we are, you know, the, the ones that have sort of beaten us maybe fairly and squarely, except that, that year was, um, was when was when they come at you, you know, you know they're going, they're going to do it. And yeah. for me, you know, I'm thinking, let's score this early goal and maybe try and get the, the other one to get two goals yeah. ahead. And yeah. we, could, we, we could have done it, you know, we could yeah. have done it the way we were playing. And that's always the worry where you're thinking, they'll come back with us here and, you yeah. know, they'll, they'll suss our form, you know, the form, they'll settle down and then, because City are a great team, as we know, with, you know, De Bruyne and the way he passes and all that. But I think for me, you know, they're missing Aguero up front, aren't they? You know. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. Do you have any, any doubts on uh, on our penalty, uh, Mane? I mean, he, he clips him. No, doesn't he? he is. No, it's definitely a penalty. penalty. It's definitely a penalty. You can tell by the language of the team that of City played. Not, not one of them. They just turned their back on it, didn't they? They knew it was a penalty. So it was an idiotic challenge, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was right, yeah. 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 But you know, as you said, you know, Mane. Unfortunately, you know, you can't get the ball to him all the time, but he. If he could have got the ball to him a bit more often than that first half, yeah. he would destroy him walk at, at will. And it's just a pity that we couldn't, you know, utilise that, that yeah. in his game a little bit more. Because he used to say that he wouldn't have got sent off as well because he, he had him in his back pocket, basically. He couldn't have So, do you, Johnny, do, do you think, you know, Pep, it took about, it took Pep probably about 20 minutes to work out what was going on, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, did, he, did, he did actually um, take more control of the game. And it's obviously a game of chess almost, isn't it? Between Klopp and Guardiola, because it was so unpredictable what Klopp did. Pep must be thinking, "What's he done? Why has he done this? How, how do we counter this?" And he did work it out. And I think that was putting the two men on Wijnaldum. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it took him. It, like I said, it took him so long to sort of twenty minutes, almost half an hour to really work it out. I think the difference between Liverpool and Manchester United for me is the way that Liverpool they both move the ball very, very quickly, both teams, but Liverpool are always looking to move it forward. I think that's where they kill teams. You know, they're always looking to play with a, an, an attacking attempt. It used to drive me mad the way Arsenal would play it across the back, you know. I think it used to drive Arsenal fans, you know, because it's a very modern way to sort of take your time. But what Klopp does with Liverpool, which I think is, is extraordinary, is the pace that he moves the ball up the pitch. And like, I mean, we, we all mention it, you know, that the 2-2-6 two, two, sort of thing. But that's what really got City in those first 15, 20 minutes. It was just how high up the pitch Liverpool were and how quickly they were getting the ball up the pitch. In the second half, I mean, afterwards Klopp said, and other managers have been saying it, they were slightly fatigued. You know, they need more time and, you know, you yeah. can play at that pace. I understand all that. But, I mean, if they could play at that pace for... 25 minutes all through a game. I don't think anybody would be able to live in Liverpool yeah. ever, really. Do you know what I mean? Because it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was extraordinary football. Yeah, I don't. I think, I think during the second half, I think both teams decided were quite happy with this. Do you, you get that impression? Yeah, definitely. You know, they're, they're both on the feet, weren't they? <laughs> like at the end, yeah, like, yeah. As you said before, like two boxes, you know, just slugging it out, in the, and in the end, you know, it pieces out the last few rounds, wasn't it? But, uh, you know, the last, uh, the last like, sort of 15 minutes or so, yeah. I think they've both sucked the draw. You know, we, no one wants to lose. I, and I think yeah. the, the points was uh, better for us, obviously. 
you know, being the away team. Yeah, I don't think many people have mentioned this, but I mean, the conditions were horrendous, weren't they? And I think yeah, there was a great example in the second half where uh, Matip tried to do a pass along the floor and he overhit it and it went out. Yeah. went out. Because the ball was sticking. Yeah, yeah. There was so much rain. I think he overcompensated because I thought Matip did quite well, really, for the, you know, some of his like, um, his daddy long leg interceptions are great, aren't they? But also his distribution is quite good. Yeah. But it was noticeable that he pinged that out. And I think he just thought, this is going to hold up in the, in the, in the rain. I'm going to give this a bit more. And it yeah. looked ridiculous in the end, but thought he did quite well yeah, for his first game. You know, again, obviously, I thought they all played well. I know that's an easy thing to say. But, you know, the, the back four, you know, although we got a back two at the best of time for the pullbacks pushing up. But, you know, in, in, in reality, the whole team, considering the way we set ourselves up to play, the two in midfield were absolutely, you know, they were always going to have a, a dog's life in that midfield on their own, basically against four men, really, let's be honest about it. Four good class people, obviously. Yeah. But they, they performed heroically, you know, Anderson and uh, Veraldo. So the whole team, to a man, were brilliant. You know, it's just that, as you say, the conditions had a bit of a, a burden on, on the, the legs later on because although the pitches are a lot better than what they used to be, obviously, they're still sapping when it's raining and you're running around for 90 minutes. It, it does take it out of it, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, just, just being a bit of doom and gloom, you know, obviously with the, uh, the injuries that we've had and, to play all the games in these last three weeks, what is it, seven games, and, yeah. and we've come through it really, and we, you know, so we've done, we've done very well, you know, um, and now we've got an under, another injury with uh, Trent, you know, he's going yeah, out yeah. for another month, so we've got mm-hmm. to re, uh, re-address the, uh, the right-back, but, you know, as, as that, that's what we said earlier on in the other podcast, you know, when when we're losing plays, the next week we get the player back, and it's it's an rotation, and, and that's yeah. for everyone that now, what's going on, but because of the volume of games, that's uh, mm-hmm. it. No straight away, Johnny. Whether in your play, yeah. What, yeah. what did you think about the uh, the camera angle behind Salah when he takes the penalty? I know I'm, not, I'm unsure about it. I mean, do you know what? Though? I said weird thing to say. I knew De Bruyne would miss another angle. <laughs> do you get a feeling yeah. sometimes as a fan? You go, I don't think he's going to score this. I don't know why, but yeah. that, that weird angle he used, I was a bit like. It's a really strange I, thing, isn't it? And my, I wasn't my, confident he was going to miss. I wasn't confident. <laughs> yeah. But I just, my mate was a, was a, was a huge Liverpool fan, who was, who was a, the producer on the film, James, James said to me, it's amazing, Johnny. He said, I, I kind of, we, we lost the match 7-2, I think it was, when it at the Villa. We've had an injury to arguably one of my most important players of the last decade. Um, and yet we're still, you know, certainly before the weekend, top of the league, which is, you know, at Man City, a, a mid-table, you know, people forget yeah. this, whereas Liverpool are still right up there. Mm-hmm. Considering, mm-hmm. like you're saying, the luck they've had with injuries and, and the amount of games they played, I mean, if you're Klopp, you're thinking, they're in a great position, you know, really, considering the amount of games you've had to play and the injuries yeah. you've had. Yeah, yeah I, think well, that, I think that Philly game was a wake-up call, wasn't it? Certainly, well, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if, you know, City would have been such, and then you win the game and Andy goal, but that's the thing it was, you know, so it, it was... It was so important not to get beat there yeah. on Sunday. And, you know. Yeah, I don't even know whether, you know, you watch the games and, you know, I obviously don't study them as much as some people do. But, you know, since the Villa game, I don't know whether we have dropped back a little bit because that result, as much as not a 7-2 result, obviously, but we, we did play a, a lot on, on our nerves where we pushed, you know, a high line and, and we, mm. you know, we used VAR to get us out of jail a few times. And, you know, maybe, I say, I don't know whether the stats will tell you whether, whether we dropped a little bit deeper since then just to get our composure a bit better at the back and, and it's helped us out a little bit more because yeah. that Villa game, 
every time Villa come forward, luckily you're going to score, let's be honest about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way yeah. that line we had. And- I think it's also with the, you know, the if, there's, if there is any, you know, advantage, to, you know, any pluses from Van Dyke getting injured, and I don't think there are any, of course, because he's so important to us. But I think Gomez has, has stepped up. He yeah. certainly has stepped up uh, with you know, with the injury to Van Dyke, because all the responsibility is on him now. You know, he obviously looked to Van Van Dyke in the past. He's the senior partner. Uh, you can see Gomez growing with confidence. I think you know because, especially with that Villa game, you know the jury was out, wasn't it? It was like saying, "Oh, give him a rest." You know. Well, you know, Jordan that game, uh, and I think I said that when we were contacting each other on the game. You know, Carragher gave him a bit of grief on Celia. I thought it was bang. I thought it was a bit out of order. He said he needs to come off and this that and that. You know, we are, he's been there himself, Carragher, in his time. And you know, to show you the jury was out on, on him because not just him. You know, the whole team didn't play well against Villa, but he seemed to be the one singled out uh, by certain parts of the press. Uh, so to come back and perform the way he has with different partners in, in, in the games that he's played in, it's been fantastic. A chink in the armour, the press would say, at the time. You know, trying to, to trying to get that little chink in the armour, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think he certainly has stepped up, and you know, um, you know, talking about um, um, City's goal. I mean, there's been a bit of debate on whether they actually meant it. You know, they showed the bear camp turn as well. well. I mean, does it matter whether he meant it? He he did it, and he scored. It was. Yeah. And I think Carragher said this, and as soon as I saw it, it reminded me of Romario, uh, the Brazilian player in '94 World Cup, and Carragher, I think, said it as well. Said it, yeah. Just total instinct. So I, I, I think he meant it, Peter. He, sorry, I think he meant it. You yeah. know, that's that's his game. That's his skill. That's what he does. You know, he's just liking it. You know, yeah. and I thought it was a great goal. You know, uh, I don't think it was good as bear camps, obviously, mm. uh, not not like that. But uh, I thought it was a great goal. For, you know, yeah. a great bit of skill by him. You know, we don't send any, and yeah. you know, got to take it. That's what some signs go. That was a great goal. That. Mm. No think Trent should have maybe maybe a bit tighter, or just could have been a bit tighter. Yeah. But, but he would have still would have got it with a little. Line, you know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> can he? You know what I mean? No, but he holds you the pass. Yeah, he could have done a little bit better. But as as Mono said, um, you know, he's a good player, and he? he's he's not a mug. You know, he'll do that to the best of players. So you know, he's. He's a good goal, let's be honest about it. Yeah. You know, I think, again, the conditions helped him a little bit, I think, in respect of yeah. he's in the spawn and the ball come away from him and he got to the balls before anyone else did. Mm. Um, it was a good goal. Yeah. What did you think when uh, Martin Tyler was gleefully saying, Alisson's injured his shoulder? Did you hear that? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, we go, oh, no, and like, oh, that out, we'd all go. But it was obviously, he must have been stretching it. Yeah. He must have been stretching it, because he didn't seem to affect him, but... I mean, Johnny, what what a, what a what a presence he is between the sticks. He's unbelievable, isn't he? I think he's been uh, arguably again. You know, I mean, Klopp's done some fantastic signings. It's really interesting about in football. And I remember, I remember saying to somebody, everybody was a bit like, "Oh, Liverpool need a really good centre half and a goalkeeper." And you hear that so much about teams, and he did it, didn't he? He, went yeah, yeah. he got a great centre half, he got a great goalkeeper, and it did make all the difference. You know, it did mm-hmm. make all the difference, and. Uh, I mean, I think all the great football teams, um, as Liverpool are now, no two ways about it, a great team. It all starts with who's between the sticks. All starts. I mean, you, you know, you go back to the, the, the great era of Clements and, and, you know, those players. You always felt like, you know, there was if the ball got past the centre-halves, you know, of, of Hansen, they still got to beat Clements, you know, and every team needs that, don't they? Yeah. Well, that's it, Johnny. You need the span, you know, team, yeah. don't you? The span of the team, you know, the, the yeah. goalie, centre-half, yeah. centre-forward, yeah. you know, midfield, centre-forward. 
But I, I, you know, go back, go back to last week, yeah. the Atlantic game. He made three world-class saves, didn't he? Yeah. You yeah. know, I thought she was brilliant that night. You know, uh, with relatively nothing to do, and he, he pulls them all out all the time. Yeah. But going back to what, you know, I know it's only relatively early into the season, but we've missed two of the them two players early on in the season, and we're still where we are in the, in the yeah, league. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've done, done fantastic early. I think, you know, we've got to give the players who come in credit as much as the players that we're missing, as much, you know, lament the ones that aren't there. You know, let's just give the lads who come in a bit more bit more praise. You know, we do as fans, but I think because, we, you know, Liverpool, and we, we, as fans, we always think that there's an agenda against us in the press, let's be honest about it. Yeah. But, um, I feel that, you know, certain, you know, Martin Tyler, but I don't think he's done it on purpose, but there's certain parts of the press who are probably wishing things on us to a degree in respect that, that we see how we do cope, you know, because I've heard that before where people say, I wonder how to do without Van Dyke. I wonder how, well, we've proven that at this moment yeah. in time. We're coping without him. Now it's early on in the season, but let's let's be more positive rather than negative about the players who are missing and positive you know, about the ones who are coming in. You know, we have, you know, we've missed Allison's, you know, early on in the season. And we all, as you said there, we all thought in that Van Dyke. But, you know, go back to like uh, Gomez from earlier on, what he's talking about, uh, what he's brought so, you know, either Phillips or Williams in or, or Massive. They, yeah. they've, all, they've all been done well together, you know, yeah, yeah. which we're all a bit of apprehensive. Not, and just because they're young, really, I'm not saying the night, because they were young, and then someone said to me, give, give, me, a bit of, uh, give me a bit of credit, which is, listen, Williams and um, Phillips should be great when you come in. I think the bigger thing with it, to me, sorry, to interrupt, is that in years gone by when we brought young players, and you think they're coming in to, to, to improve it's a team that's struggling. Now, at the moment, the younger players are coming in and are coming into a good side. But the most important thing for me, that the manager trusts and the manager knows. Yeah. He wouldn't bring them in otherwise. He's not just doing it because he wants to bring a young player and he knows they're good enough. And so, obviously, Sen's a fantastic player, world-class player that he plays. But I've got no qualms with that Nick Williams comes in and plays because every yeah. time he's come in, he's done well. And so, what, what, a boost, what a boost to the players when, when they do come in. Yeah. Because you, as a player... It must be you just don't want to let Klopp down because he's he's put all this confidence in me. Yeah, but that, that's exactly what it is, Peter. He's put yeah. so much confidence in them. They're not going to let him down. Mm. I mean, they might they might play the best game in the world, but they'll give hundred and ten percent, and they won't let him yeah. down. That's the most important yeah. thing. Going on to um, City's penalty, uh, did did anyone think he wasn't going to give that? I just thought he was. No, you know, he's, you know, he's yeah. always going to give it, Wally. You know. But... Yeah. Even though he's trying to get his arm away, isn't he? I mean, the rule is ridiculous. I mean, you must have lots of talk in, your, in, in the um, on the radio show you do, Johnny. I mean, what what was the general uh, consensus from people who work at the station? Yeah, it's such a it's such a contentious law now, isn't it? And I it's like one of those, isn't it? I don't know why they had to change it. You know, the offside law is the same thing. You know, it's yeah. It's, the problem is, is that we all goal line technology came in, lads, didn't it? And changed everything. It was brilliant because yeah. you all went, yeah. oh, that works. You yeah. know what I mean? But the yeah. problem with if it's certainly like um, you know, for offside for argument's sake, Ian Rush, right? Arguably the greatest striker in Wales's history, and you know, one of the greatest in Liverpool's history. He used to literally live on the defender's shoulder, as you know, yeah. right? And it would peel away. Now you know if if you're out, if you're offside because of like an ear or a finger, then you know what are you saying to kids about football? Are you saying now you've got to take a step back? Well, that that affects the game. That affects playing football in a positive, entertaining way, and that's what it worries me when the rules can actually affect how the game is being played. Yeah. You know, I think it should. Uh, the original rule was a deliberate handball, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 That was the rule. So even when you're playing in the park, 
if you don't, if it hits your hand and you don't think it's a deliberate movement towards the ball, it wasn't yeah. given, was it? Even no. even a park football. Yeah. So I mean, I, why they're trying to say? I mean, they did they did try and change it this season, didn't they? But yeah. it's still. It's still but now they've got to go. They've got to go and look at it again, Peter, and, and try yeah. and change it again. And it's yeah, a yeah, pander to 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 what's going on around them and the, and the pressure they get put under. You know, everyone's saying, "Why don't the referees go and have a look?" So okay, so they go and send the referee to have a look. No, for well, he's going to overturn what he's done because, in fairness to the referee, his angle might not have been the best in this time. It's an opinion at the time that he's seen it and thinks that's not a penalty that. But because he's got so much pressure to go and look at a television screen. Yeah, every angle slowed down to like a walking pace. He's going to change his mind, and yeah. you know every every pundit on the television from Carragher to Neville to Keane and all the other saying, you know, when they get sent to that television screen, they're changing their minds no matter what, and it's wrong because the first instinct normally right is that it wasn't a penalty to one, but the world. It, it was black, but so hard. It's impossible for Gomez to get out the way of that, isn't it? Yeah. You can see him trying to get out the way of it, but it's just it, the ball is travelling to you. Be more less than against Wolves, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, well, that's what they're saying. They're not watching it when they go to the screen. They're not watching it in real time. No. To slow it down, so it's yeah. It's been, you know, we, we we say this every week about VAR. Now, you know, I have always said there's a swing and hand vault. You know, we'll we'll get away with some and lose some, but it's a talk, not just for us now. It's a talking point every game. Yeah, and you know, it's just taking it's taking the fun away. As we said last week, you know, you can't celebrate now with a goal because you're looking around. No. Was he outside? You know, is that? It, you know, did someone touch you with his hand? Or it, yeah. it's 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 every every goal now. You're sitting there going, "I'm waiting like two minutes or yeah. to celebrate." Well, yeah, but you can't. It, you could look at it this way: you sell, you do celebrate when it goes in, and then you have that feeling of, "Oh no!" It's yeah. here. Then you celebrate again, so it's a double celebration almost, isn't it? So, taking the fun away, Pete. It is. The one that Bamford scored against Palace. That, that was ridiculous. That. He's offside because his hand was offside, pointing where he wanted the ball. I know. That's just ridiculous, that. I, I, I agree. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Well, I mean, it was a fantastic game of football. Uh, you know, I think, you know, every everyone around the world would have been watching that just as they listen to this podcast around the world. Uh, they would have been looking at that and thinking, what a great game of football. It obviously did peter out, but we were expecting that, you know what I mean? You couldn't you couldn't keep that level of intensity going, could they, for the uh, for the 90 minutes. But I think the, <clears> the <throat> first half was just an absolute joy to watch. And, you know, two teams at the top of the game. Obviously, I don't think City are as strong as they were a couple of years ago since they've lost company in that. But they're still a fantastic team going forward. There's no doubt about that. And they can they can damage it. So to come away, I was quite happy in the end for, with a draw. I was quite happy. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think as most most of us would have took a draw beforehand, wouldn't we? To be honest about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Johnny, um, going on to the um, you know to your background, you're a Welshman from Merthyr Tydfil. Yeah. Is um, uh, who did you sport growing up? I supported my local team, which was Merthyr Tidville, as they were then. They moved yeah. to town now. And Cardiff City with the local league team in the lower leagues in those days. Is, you know, but is Merthyr a rugby, rugby town then? No, it's a bit of a, an anomaly, really. It's, it's a football town in the Valley. It's quite famous for it historically as well. Yeah. Um, and everybody's always supported football there. So 
they were always a very good non-league team. I remember. I don't know if you remember they beat Atalanta in the uh, European Cup Winners' Cup in the yeah, late eighties yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's always been a, a big football town. And um, and uh, yeah, I just used to go there from when I was a kid with my dad and all that. And um, and then down to Cardiff to watch watch some league football. Yeah, would there be a lot of uh, Liverpool Man United fans in in Merthyr as well at that time? Huge. Everybody's yeah. either Liverpool or Man United, really. If you didn't watch watch Cardiff, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's still a huge area in South Wales. Uh, Man United, Liverpool. Apparently, it just made me laugh. The busiest night in South Wales for in in A and E is whenever Liverpool and Manchester United play each other. <laughs> That's a true story. Oh, well, no, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. But you won a, Johnny, you won a BAFTA for your documentary on Ab- the Aberfan disaster, yeah. and also uh, critical acclaim for I Believe in Miracles, which is about the uh, Nottingham Forest team that won back to back European Cups in 79 and 1980. Yeah. So now you've made um, a documentary about uh, the Three Kings, Shankly, Steen, and Busby. I mean, what. What, what was your motivation for doing that? Because there was a, a documentary in the 90s, wasn't it, by, was it you, McAvenny, was it? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Great, great on the BBC, movie. I think, yeah. And, that, yeah. you know, I mean, what was your motivation for, for choosing three characters? Because they've got the biggest support in in the, in the world. So you're yeah. so copies. <laughs> sell, sell loads of DVDs. I mean, there's that amazing stat, isn't it, at the beginning, which is which were conservative estimates as well, where they were saying that one in four of the world's population support either Man United, Celtic or Liverpool, which is an extraordinary thing. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to... I wanted to, My father basically worked underground, uh, as did most of our fathers in Wales back in the day. You know, it was, wasn't an unusual thing. And he would always point out men who worked underground when they were on TV. And my brothers yeah. would roll our, roll our eyes. And Shankly would come on, on screen and he'd go, he was a minor. And it really stuck. He really stuck to me, you know. And um, he loved Shankly. And um, and and when he was when he was dying, bless him, he passed away in 2017. I reminded him of this, and he kind of laughed and said, "Well, you remembered, haven't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And then when he did pass, I thought to myself, "Well, there's a generation of men and women there who are leaving us now—the men of the mines and the docks and the mill workers—and because you know, there's, there's those are industries that don't really exist like they did 50, 100 years ago. So I thought there'd be an interesting story to tell about the contribution they've given to sport, especially in football, because Steen, Shankly and Buzz, they were all from industrial Scotland. They were all yeah. miners. They were all lifelong friends once they got into their teens and 20s and, and built three huge sporting football clubs that are now famous throughout the world. And I just thought it'd be a nice way, in a modern sense, to tell a younger generation of where the club's roots lay, really. really. Yeah, there's a, great, um, there's a great line in it where Richard Burton's getting interviewed and he said, you know, the miners thought themselves as the aristocracy yeah. of the working class, the king, yeah. the underground. Well, that's exactly what the dockers thought. They were the aristocracy of the working class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the mill workers would have thought the same, wouldn't they? And uh, yeah. the iron workers. No, I mean, uh... They were actually born within 30 miles of each other, um, Shankly, Steen and Busby. I mean, coming from mining families, obviously that's ingrained in the... In the in the way you tell the story, but there's no, there's no narrative as such. You let them, you let the archive footage tell the story, but you also have Patrick Barkley in and, and, uh, and other commentators talking about them, don't you? Yeah. Just, the players either. I wanted to talk about Scotland as well. You know, I mean, Scottish roots to, to Liverpool is, is a great example. You know, I mean, in the late seventies, when I did the documentary about Nottingham Forest, Forest's best players were John Robertson and Kenny Burns and, and yeah. you know, uh, John McGovern. Liverpool's I, best yeah. players 
yeah, Alan Hansen, Kenny Dalglish, Reese, everybody had a spine of great Scotsmen in their team, you know, which, you know, and we all remember that growing up. Um, and that's gone away a little bit now. Um, it's a bit of a shame because Scotland always produced, we used to think, the more skillful players as well. That was the idea yeah. of you've got a little tricky winger in, like the Jimmy Johnsons of the world and those kind of players. And I wanted to talk about that as well, really. And, and obviously, yeah. the cliche in British football was if you want a proper manager to come in, you get um, you get a Scottish manager. Do you know, that was yeah. always the, the cliche. And the cliche was because of Shankly, Busby and Steen and, and men like that would fundamentally change football clubs. I mean, Liverpool's a great example. Liverpool were a, a second division, as we called it, boys, provincial club, kind of going nowhere in the mid-50s. Yeah. And then in the late 50s, his great friend, Matt Busby, the board ring him because he was the Liverpool captain, ask him who he'd recommend. And, and Matt Busby says, well, the fella you want is over in, in Huddersfield, Bill Shankly, he's the fit for Liverpool. And they go and, they go and get him. And, you know, there's a great story that uh, Busby puts the phone down and turns to Jimmy Murphy and says, I might regret that because we've got Bill <laughs> on our arse now. Do you know what I mean? And it's, but it's a lovely idea, you know. And, and then all those things in the film, Pete, which, you know, you've seen where Shankly says like he felt home in Liverpool. I, I was home there, he kept saying. Yeah. I, people were there. I knew I was in the right place, you know. And, and Klopp's got that. You know, when, when Klopp went to Liverpool, I always felt all football fans of all clubs went, that's a good fit, you know. That's a good fit, Klopp, with Liverpool. Because... Shankly went straight into the people and the cop and said, well, I'm one of you and you're one of me and we're yeah. going on a journey, journey together. Well, when somebody says that to you, you're going to give them a chance. Anyway. And then when he starts turning, turning the results around, which he did pretty quickly, then, you know, you know you've got the right guy in charge. Mm. I mean, all three clubs, um, they were built in, the man in those managers' images, really, aren't they? You know, in terms of, there's one, there's one line that said, they are the soul of the clubs. But now we're in, you know, 2020, is it is it a case of the, the the legacy still is there? Do you think? I mean, is it? I mean, we're 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 involved in this, something called the Spirit of Shankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I you're aware of the legacy, but do you think it's in the DNA of the clubs? Absolutely, and the film tells you that. I mean, there's only only Liverpool fans walk out of the cop during the game over ticket prices, and their thousands as well. You know, that yeah. doesn't happen in other places, and even Man United. You know, with the FC United thing and the green and gold scarves. You know, and Celtic with their immigrants welcome banners. It's something very specific about the club's personality-wise. That's what interested me so much and why I wanted to make the film. That makes them different to other football clubs. I know all the banners, Scouse, not English, those kind of things, you know. They're unique. That absolutely comes back to Shankly. There's a great story Ian Callahan says, doesn't he? He comes back from winning the World Cup with Roger Hunt. And they clap him in through the staff. And Shankly comes out and goes, what's going on here? And Callum, <laughs> well, me winning the World Cup, to which he said, "Oh, enough of that! Now we've got a title to win this year." Yeah, the, the, World, the World Cup and England was an irrelevance to Shaq. Yeah, forget yeah. that. It's about Liverpool, son. You know, and, and I you think that's something that. Now, yeah, 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 that's that's you know, you're, you're home now in Liverpool. It's much more important things to worry about than the World Cup. So it's a bit like you know that those. That DNA runs through the clubs, you know, to use a mining, mining term, like a vein, you know, they, they're there and only those clubs behave that way. And that's absolutely because of the three men and their personalities, which still exist to be. You're saying, sorry, I think now the way football has gone because of the, 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 riches, the riches that are involved in it and obviously just people who are struggling to go to it. You know, we know ourselves with obviously the SOS and, you know, we get involved with other clubs and other clubs, fan groups. Um, I think it's more prevalent now than ever in respect that a lot of clubs, not all of them, not all the clubs' fans' bases do grasp what they used to be like years ago. But I think the certain ones still do, you know, you know, and I think they understand it now more more so than ever because it is, you know, obviously without the pandemic kicking and prior to all that, it was a struggle to get to a game of football for a lot of people because of the cost and everything else. So 
Liverpool fans, I think, you know, you Man United, Celtics, you know, there's there's a lot of teams up and down the country now. We've got fan bases who do understand what it meant to be a football club in the years gone by and are trying to bring that back because it's so important to the communities. Going back to what you said before, the DNA, the clubs, you know, obviously Shankly with us and, you know, the other two uh, managers with the other, other uh, teams. But, you know, it's it's the ethics of Shankly that we all love, you know, what he what he, his values were, you know, in, in his life and for Liverpool, you know, for our club. And, you know, we go back to what you said, with, you know, with the walkouts on, on a, the 77, uh, you know, 77 minutes against Sunderland. Um, that, that was an amazing time for us, you know, uh, as supporters. Because it, like, it was like the last chance to where the hierarchy of, of Liverpool Football Club would have just took over with the price, price range. And then it was game over for them, for everyone, you know. And for me, and I think for the, the lads with the SOS, it was like, you know, um, and other supporters clubs, well, look, if, if they can do it, you know, we can all unite together here against the greed of football. And it's, it's, it's what the three was probably against, you know, Busby Steen and, Sh- and Shankly, you know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but do you remember when the, um, I remember the, when the furlough thing happened and Spurs said they were going to put staff on 80% wages. And then there was rumoured in the press that Liverpool were going to do it. And this red wave of fans went, not on your chat. You know, and then I think they always yeah. went, oh, you know, we, they need reminding sometimes. And that's yeah. what the fan base is. And that's the world they come from, the city they come from, and the way they are, you know. And I, that was those, those are the moments. And like you said, you know, the walkout against Sunday where you're just reminded of what. Liverpool Football Club is because of where it is and the geography and because of Bill Shankly. Yeah, I mean, the PPV, you know, the um, pay-per-view all clubs voted on, and that's another one, a recent one, exactly. Yeah. And everyone decided to uh, contribute towards fans supporting food banks. And that sense shudders across the Premier League again because yeah. they, you know, it's definitely, they put it on hold what the decision's going to be. But we know by uh, the other football trusts from around the country, um, you know uh, what the type of feeling is, and really it was these, it was it was it was Liverpool fans are at the vanguard of that, pushing that, saying, look, if we keep if we keep solid here, if the solidarity we keep together, these might these might buckle in. And it's not sure that they're going to do that, but all the rumours are and all the leaks from the Premier League is they're going to either scrap it or change it. You know so. It just shows you, fan fans. I've got some power if if the uh, if they just believe that they have, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, Mono just said it there. You know, it, it, football at the moment. We've all seen the Jocksteins' really famous quote, which is now a quote that people put up in banners across the world. Football without fans is nothing. You know. Yeah. We've all kind of seen that, especially since you know the coronavirus lockdown and things like that. And you know, people are kind of waking up to the fact that, and especially fans, you know, they sometimes don't realize the power they've got. Because if they stop watching or stop going to games, and we can see that football is nothing like the spectacle that it can be with a with a full crowd there. So yeah. all credit to them. And also, you know, Liverpool's and Everton's work in the community is, is incredible. You know, I, I, I said I, I'm on the board of Nottingham Forest and we've got really good community trust and we work hard with food banks and we work hard with the homeless. And, you know, you I do look at the Merseyside clubs sometimes to say, well, what are they up to there? You know, and, and I was noticing that they're having collections around the ground for food and stuff like that. And, you know, we started doing the same in Nottingham Forest. And it was amazing. The guy that runs the food banks in Nottingham was saying, the Forest supporters are feeding the homeless of Nottingham this summer. Yeah. They're feeding, you know, the football fans were doing that. You know, they were affecting something in a very direct, mm. physical way. And I was really proud of that, you know. So, like I say, Merseyside in football, it leads, you know, and stuff like community work, yeah, community trust, think- and, and bless them for it. The idea originally, I think it was Celtic had the first idea. Yeah, it? it was Celtic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, so you can see that that um, lineage where it comes from, the ideas and that. But was there anything that when you're researching the film, John? I mean, I know you came to Liverpool a few years ago because I met you and all, all the old Shankly players met you. But yeah. what was the decision not to interview players? Was it just to go with the archive? I mean, the archive is absolutely brilliant, the archive. And the soundtrack is fantastic yeah. as well, you know. But what was the decision to make it just let the managers speak for themselves? Yeah, we try to use as much, as much, as much audio voice from the managers, old recordings and stuff like that. I mean, you know, classic Shankly. When Shankly retires, he gets his own radio show and one of his first guests was the Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine that now, you know, I'll get the Prime Minister in, you know, classic Shankly. So I wanted to use as much of that and I also wanted to get some, you know, some good football writers, historians really in, just to sort of like to frame it all really, to sort of say... Yeah how important the men were and the effect they had outside football as well. That was a big part of the film, the effect they've had on the cities, really. I mean, if you think of, like, Liverpool, for example, the, the economy of Liverpool is all, you know, how important the Beatles are and how important the football club is. You know, those kind of things are really, really important, you know, and, you know, that's that's the effect they had on these places. I mean, you see Manchester's the same, you know, Man United and, and now Man City as well. And same with Celtic. People fly yeah. in all the time to watch these football clubs and they watch them. They become worldwide clubs because of the three men. Yeah. yeah, there's the, one of the last lines in it. It's in the the heartbeats of all three managers. So strong, you can still hear them. They are the maker yeah. of modern British football. Yeah, well, I totally agree with that. Uh, Karen Gill, uh, Bill Shankly's granddaughter, said an amazing thing. She said he seemed to get bigger every year. It's a really interesting thing, you know. And yeah. United United fans sing that famous chant, you know, about twenty times playing football the Busby way. They don't say the Ferguson way or any other manager or the modern manager. They say. The Busby way, the banner in the cop of Shankly just above, you know, your Benitez and your Paisley, you know, fantastic manager built it. But Shankly is almost like the father of the club, really. And like I saying, I wanted to sort of let younger fans know, you know, and I know they, they know their history brilliantly in clubs like Man United and Liverpool, but other clubs, I wanted to look at the, these three clubs and go, their history is phenomenal. And it was the way they played football as well. We were yeah. just talking about pressing football and quick football. I mean, if you think about Liverpool, I remember when uh, Brendan Rodgers, bless him, went to Liverpool and went, oh, we're trying to change the way we play. We're going to play lots of triangles and quick football. I was thinking, what? The way Liverpool played when they ruled Europe in the late 70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, mate. You know, you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. the birthplace of it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I always think, like, if it's always it's always really difficult to go to Anfield, right? If you're, if you're an opposing team. It, it was the same if you're an opposing fan as well, i got to say, but if you go to Anfield, it was a difficult place to go. You knew you were in somebody else's house and you were going to be on the back foot. That all comes to Shankly. It was always like, there's the cop, you know, this yeah. is Anfield. If you're playing here, I remember Ian McParland, the, the Notts County forward saying to me once, he said, talking about formations, he said, I'm sure Liverpool used to play like Two two eight when we played the, you know, he's like, he said, you, they just they sat on top of you, you know. It's like I couldn't get out of my own half, you know, and I was yeah. playing up front. A bit like now. Think, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, thought, I just thought that all goes back to Shankly, doesn't it? That all goes back yeah. if you come into Anfield. That great line in the film, Pete Ron Yates said, he'd give his team talk and he'd be running out thinking, how many are we going to win by this week? You know, that's what yeah, he used to think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And those kind of things are, you know, are still the same, you know. And I, yeah. I wanted to throw the big crowds and all that kind of stuff, you know. The hysteria was there then, you know. Mm. So the, we talked before about the sim similarities between Shankly and Klopp. I mean, they're there for everyone to see, really, aren't they? It was the, for me. It's the the dedication he's got to the to the game. You know, the way Shankly in one of those clips goes. You know, where they're getting paid well. You know, they should be putting the, the heart and soul into it. 
if if they don't, I put them in bloody jail. You yeah. know, up the road. You can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine Klopp saying that, can't you? As well. Yeah, because he means it, doesn't he? He means yeah. it. He's like, I will jail. I'd jail a player if he didn't give me a hundred percent. You know what I mean? And you can see. And once you, Paddy Barkley, give I think one of the best lines in the film. He said. Liverpool, what Shankly did with Liverpool is he created a relationship between the manager and the fans. Yeah. So once that happens, he said, there's no way for players to hide. I thought, what a great yeah. line. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. thought myself, it's very rare that Liverpool fans ever have a go at a manager, I always think. I mean, even the, the Hodgson era, which was, you know, probably one of the dark. There was no, it didn't get visceral. Vis- <laughs> they famously sang Dunglish. Dunglish. I remember that. Spoken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's not that, there's not that sort of no, tradition in Liverpool of, of, of somebody really having a go. You know, I know you've probably yeah. heard it in matches, but there's not that sort of visceral sort of anger where the, the ground can turn. I, I think that's the Shankly, you know. I did uh, an interview with a German uh, journalist uh, today, and he was asking me when I thought you know Klopp really, you know, really meant you know meant something to Liverpool fans. And I give him a couple of examples. Once when he turned around to the main stand as they were leaving by the, you know with ten minutes to go, and he was gesticulating, going, "I felt on my own way." And also when he brought the players together. When we got a draw against West Brom, yeah, I mean, thought, that. that's the real. Now Evertonians were laughing at that, and all the press yeah. were laughing at it, and the pundits on the telly were laughing at it. But I think everyone in the cop that day went, "This is the real deal." Yeah, we know what he's doing there, you know. And I think, you know, that was a Shanklyism, wasn't it? In many respects, you know, there was a vindication from that, really, wasn't it? By winning the title and winning the European Cup, obviously, there's a vindication of that because you can go where it worked. Yeah, you know I mean? well, it, it, was, it was it was unity, wasn't it? You know, yeah. we, yeah. we we are one. You know, at yeah. the time, like we all, we all we all did. Look, as what's he doing here? But it's like it's like you're, uh, that's what you do in Germany. You, know, you get all you get all the, the manager yeah. and he plays the fans with all the arms, you know, yeah. up and down. But then yeah. I think that day because our backs against the wall that day, and we come back we got as well, and it was look, we're, we're all in this together, we're one, yeah. and we we got it. You know, well, I, tell, I told the German journalist, Mono, that when you went to Dynamo Tbilisi in the late 70s, yeah. you remember the players that came over to clap you because there was only yeah. 100 there, wasn't there, or something? Yeah, that was And you remember the players who didn't clap you? Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, what I do remember, Sammy Lee and uh, Phil still banging on, on the window of the bus. We see him the day. As we, go, we go to the ground, we see, you know, slow. And we see big matches at seven o'clock in the morning. The game wasn't until ten o'clock at night or something. And there was thousands of people. And as we go down, the little coach comes past, and there are me, see twenty, fifty lads, you know, in the beads of summer and walking down the streets in Tbilisi in in, in Russia at yeah. the time it was. But then it, it wasn't queuing up for the ground. The early do queuing up for bread. But how ironic it is what what we do now the food banks in Liverpool, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's like full circle for us in, in the state, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, as uh, anyone listening all around the world, listen to Ali LaRouge. Thanks for listening, and I'd highly recommend uh, the Three Kings. Uh, it's a it'd be a brilliant Christmas present. But is it going to be on uh, these Netflix or Amazon Prime or anything like that, Johnny? Uh, yeah, it's in the new year. It'll go to Amazon. So it's out on DVD on Monday. Uh, come in, and it's on some streaming services. You can get it off like Sky sort of store and stuff like that, and then it'll be on Amazon Prime in the new year. Yeah, and are you quite you you proud of it? Oh yeah, I'm really pleased. There, I just it was just a shame that I couldn't get it on the big screen for longer because I'd love yeah. Liverpool fans to see it with yeah. the music, like I said, in the footage. But maybe they're talking about maybe when when the lockdown ends in the spring, they might you know, get some showings yeah. and that. So hopefully, fingers oh, crossed. Well. Yeah. yeah, good luck, Johnny. 
Good luck, John. Thanks, lads. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, lads, lads. Yeah, good luck, Johnny. And, um, you know, what, what do you think in terms of Cardiff and Notts Forest? Is what's happening over there? Like, or? Well, it's really interesting with, uh, with, with Forest because they all, like you, are desperate of a certain generation. They're desperate to draw you again in, the, in, a, in a cup because they haven't played each other. Because yeah. in the late 70s... I've got some bad memories of that. And the great, they were great rivals then. And uh, all the older lads go, I'd like to draw Liverpool. I hope my dog would love to draw Liverpool. So it's a bit like, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see Forest back in the Premier League, a bit like Leeds. You know, you want to see yeah. the bigger clubs up there, really. And uh, I hope they do. With Cardiff, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had a... We've had a, we've had a few seasons in the Premier League. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got an owner that's an interesting guy. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens this season. If they can both go up first and second, I'll be the happiest man in Wales. Well, we, we owe you a couple of defeats from that early cup final, don't we? And uh, the European <laughs> Cup. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Colin Barrett and uh, well, yeah. Gary Bertles, yeah. Gary Bertles, yeah. 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 Well, good luck at the... Um... Hey, we wish we uh, was around them days. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, my oh, with John O'Hare, yeah, yeah, in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sack them on the halfway, man. We got a penalty. Yeah. That's right, John. He tells a great story, doesn't he, in the film where he goes, uh, 30 years later, he goes up to Martin O'Neill playing for Leicester. And he said he pulls up to Stanley Park and he rolls the window down and he says to this little steward, he says, uh, Yes, um, John O'Hare, Leicester City. And the guy's exact response was, F off, we don't like you here. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to beat that, Pete. Sorry, but that's exactly what he says. So he tells that story when he does Q and A's and stuff. It's a great line, isn't it? I think that's well, a bleep. Thanks for, I think, I think that's a bleep. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to all our listeners all over the place. Uh, keep on going on to the social media and telling people what you what you uh, like and dislike about it. Thanks for um, coming on, Johnny. It's been a pleasure having you on. That's been brilliant, lads. Really good luck for the future. Good luck, Johnny. Thanks, lads. Good luck, lads. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Rouge, and that'll be just after the Leicester game, I think. The top of the table clash between Liverpool and Leicester. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.